your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. That's it, got it! Underdog, and they have won! Exclamation point! Now, your hosts, KLIM contributor, Cole Stukenholtz, and sports director, Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour, a remote edition as I'm home. It's dance season for my daughter, so we're pulling double duty over here, my wife and I, but Caleb's so she's the reason there in the studio. She's the reason we got all that rain yesterday then, huh? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we, we we got hammered with that rain here in Midtown Lincoln, and I had Never to. Worked. And when the women's basketball game got done, a little inside baseball here, but the way things work with our uh, with our system and where the breaks are and everything, we we're going to run a little long. And my remote access wasn't working from home, <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, into the rain we go. Let's head on over to the station. Make sure everything stays on right." Because it was awesome. Like that game last night, you want to get all the post game with it. You want to get every every interview that Coatney leads you into. Jessica Cootie talking with uh, the players and the coach from the locker room. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, what a what a performance. Uh, we're going to get to quite a bit today. Uh, we will obviously hit on women's basketball in the semis uh, of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, with a, a rousing comeback in the fourth quarter last night over another top 10 victim, Michigan. <laughs> they get Iowa tonight. Get ready, Hawkeyes. Uh, we've got Jeff Ekstrom from the Journal Star, who's going to take us over to Pinnacle Bank Arena and get everybody set for the Big Ten Wrestling Championships that are in Lincoln for the first time ever. And that is uh, going on all weekend long. And so Jeff will give us a rundown of what to expect. Uh, some Huskers are in pretty good position uh, to challenge for some Big Ten titles. And then uh, we've also got Nebraska Throwers coach Justin St. Clair. Uh, this is more of Caleb's forte, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to contribute as well. Uh, we've got uh, some big news on the thrower front uh, on the women's side for the Huskers. Uh, we'll get to that with uh, the coach there. And uh, they've, got nas- they've got nationals coming up. They had the, uh, the Big Ten uh, field athlete of the, the conference championships was a Nebraska guy. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there with uh, Coach St. Clair. Absolutely a lot to talk about. We uh, we are still awaiting the start of baseball season, I guess. Uh, we <laughs> have not rude. yet had we have not yet had a day of Husker baseball where they haven't lost. Both of their wins have come on doubleheader days where they have lost the uh, second game. Okay, here here's what it is, Cole. Heartbreaking fashion. Husker baseball season doesn't start until they're not playing in Texas. How's about that? I think we okay. can all just agree on that, right? Yeah, we can all get down with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So they, Tuesday, they got another doubleheader today. So Tuesday in Manhattan, Kansas, will be the official season opener. I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> as everyone else should be. Husker football started spring. They uh, they had the the big coaches powwow on Monday with a few players mixed in there as well. All the coaches uh, had a chance to talk with the media, uh, and Caleb and I had, to, had a chance to sit down and, and listen and talk to uh, a few of them as well. We'll have some of that as well. Uh, there's, there's really nothing we aren't covering, uh, but I wanted to start here and get it over with quick because we have so much else to get to. And they're maybe the least relevant in terms of postseason hopefulness. Uh, but Nebraska basketball, Caleb, all of a sudden unstoppable. They've got two <laughs> straight Big Ten road wins. 
Another chance at one tomorrow against the Big Ten leaders and the co-champs at a minimum, Wisconsin. Uh, but after winning one road game, conference, non-con, otherwise, one true road game in his entire tenure in almost three years as coach, Fred Hoiberg goes out and wins two of them right after he gets the, the guaranteed fourth season from, from uh, Trev Alberts. The, the way that they've been playing is pretty exciting because it's kind of been what we expected after watching that Colorado exhibition game and a few of the non-con games. Uh, personally, I think Trey McGowan's getting back to full strength mm-hmm. uh, is, is something that has contributed to this as well. But they, they've kind of finally figured out how they want to play and play together. And I think that's been the biggest factor for why they've been able to put this little streak together. Now, I think a lot of what it is as well is what have you seen over the last few games? You've seen guys understand what their roles are. Not everyone is going to be the hero ball, one-on-one go guy on offense. And then when, because when you have everybody doing that, that takes a lot of momentum away from your defense because guys are not getting the ball for extended stretches. Um, if you, if you don't trust that you're going to get it back, why would you ever give it up? So then that trust carries over to the defensive end and there's no, um, nobody putting in the effort over there. And that's what Hoiberg's offense, there's a big part of it, is predicated on what your defense does to get you the ball in transition. So you've got guys like Lat Mayhem that understand they're not going to pump fake when they have a three-point opportunity. Because that, that was a frustration even last year that he would pump fake and dribble into worse shots. He's hitting those now. C.J. Wilcher all of a sudden is playing like a guy who could be on the all-freshman team. Um, if you take what he's done since the calendar flipped to 2022, Bryce McGowan's is still scoring out of his mind. You get the complimentary basketball from his brother where Trey can go score and can go take guys and be super athletic, but he's going to be a defensive shutdown guy. Alonzo Verge, last couple games playing amazing. He had double-digit um, assists in that win over Michigan. Um, and, and so when, when you look at what you're able to do with really Verge to me is the catalyst for all of this. Because if he passes the ball, if he drives and dishes and he picks his spots, the things we were saying he needed to do much more like the Colorado exhibition early in the year, the rest of the team kind of falls in and is successful. And now as he's doing that, guys are hitting more shots. There's a lot more confidence happening all over the floor, and that carries over to the defensive end. And man, these guys, they're, they're really fun to watch right now with how much energy they're playing on both sides of the floor. Um, I, I also want to hit on Bryce McGowan's and, and just a side note, Malachi Branham's freshman of the year campaign, RIP, <laughs> uh, because Bryce took that right away from him, just snatched it right out from his front in front of his face. It helps when your brother shuts statement. the other guy down, though. <laughs> yeah, Malachi's like, hey, I don't have a brother who can shut down Bryce. This isn't fair. Um, yeah, it, it, it has been uh, something that we've seen evolve over the year with Bryce McGowan's. At times, he was really the only option. Uh, at times, he was the only one who would be willing to take shots uh, in, in late-game situations, in, in lulls in the offense when the other team is making a run. And, and I've, I think we've seen a willingness now of some of these guys to be the guy to take that shot. You mentioned mm-hmm. Lat Mayan. He's definitely not turning down that three as often as he has earlier in the season. Um, Trey McGowan's is starting to get a little bit more confidence in his offensive game. Alonzo Verge, He's been there in spurts. He kind of picks his spots and, and, and chooses when the right moment is to go. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong, but it's been right more often than not lately. Uh, but Bryce McGowan's has been steady and, and CJ Wilcher, you mentioned him. I don't know if most, most folks know this. He is second in Nebraska history amongst freshmen and three pointers made. Only Joe McCray has more three pointers as a true freshman compared to CJ Wilcher. He's got, I think 50 of them. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, he, he's going to be one to watch over his career. Uh, his development this season has been important, uh, for the success of this team as they've gotten closer and then finally broke through with these last couple of wins. Uh, but, but the, the fact that they've been able to see uh, the, the whole thing kind of come together at this point where just a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was asking, I don't know who's going to renew their season tickets for next year. <laughs> Uh, actually, it might have been last week. Yeah, uh, before these last two games. So uh, now there's now there's a little bit of hey, you can finally start to see it on the floor during games. It's not just talk. It's not just hey, they do it in practice. It's not just that Colorado game that didn't count. <laughs> now they're finally starting to do it in games that matter to Nebraska. Maybe they don't matter in the standings because the season's pretty much over. Uh, other than the you know playing out the string here and, and getting to the Big Ten tournament, but these do matter in terms of. How is this program going to continue into the fourth season with Fred Hoiberg and continue to develop the guys who are going to stick around next season, even if Bryce McGowan's is not amongst them? Uh, you still have some important pieces and important guys on that roster who will be a part of this program going forward. It's nice to just not have to look to the Colorado exhibition game as the best win of the year. <laughs> like that's the thing that changed. Finally, that's what changed this it. last week. Even even if Nebraska didn't get that top twenty five win, the again getting a road win at Penn State that would have then become your best win of the year, as opposed to the exhibition victory at home over a really good Colorado team. Now. Now you've got your two best wins have come in the last week. You're staying on the road at Wisconsin, number 10 team in the country. They've already wrapped up at least a share of the conference title, and they can go win it outright with a win over Nebraska. But you've got Nebraska, this team really surging, and you've got an opportunity to go get that. I don't even remember the last time Nebraska had a top 10 win. Let alone that that ranked win went all the way back to 2019, a top 10 win. I don't know when that, that last happened. You might be you might be in 2014 or 15 territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you've mean, got yeah. you've got a lot to play for, and not just not just for the idea of getting those those ranked wins, those top 10 wins, but if things fall correctly this weekend, Nebraska can still move up to being a 13 seed. Nebraska mm-hmm. can go ahead and finish not last. In the Big Ten, <laughs> which is not something any of us would have imagined even a week ago. That, that is something that's still on the table for this Nebraska men's basketball team. And you carry that momentum into the conference tournament. You win one, maybe you, you get over a guy and you win two. Um, or you don't win any at all in the Big Ten tournament. How, how can you carry momentum into this offseason that was not realistic a week, two weeks ago? Yeah, I, look, I don't think anybody with a clear conscience could have thought that this was pot. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the fact that they have these two wins. Greg Gard, that year, great man. <laughs> that great man. Yeah. Hey, boy. Yeah. Just, just don't get in front of him with Jawan Howard uh, oh, right. around. The, the, the fact that they've got this, this, this last couple wins. Look, they're, if they beat Wisconsin, I mean, holy crap, but they're probably not going to beat Wisconsin. Uh, who knows what happens in Indy? Um, but you still have these two, mm-hmm. uh, especially the one at Ohio State, to fall back on because they they were close to beating Ohio State in PBA. If you recall, that yeah, was the right. overtime loss, uh, I think, on January 2nd. Yeah, and Ohio so, State. I think I said Michigan for some dumb reason. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah, we, yeah. And, and, and they've been close in, in, obviously, a lot of these games. Uh, they've also been blown out in a lot of these games, and that's been obviously the discouraging part. But the fact that they they finally broke through. We always talk about, this team just needs to learn how to win. We talked about that all football season. This team just doesn't know how to win. 
They don't know how to make the play late in the game. They fumble the ball in the QB sneak, or they, they can't block the guy coming around the edge and it blows up the quarterback and it blows up the whole play and the offense is toast. Like the basketball is, is, is different, but similar in terms of you do, you do sort of have to have to figure out how to get over that hump. Mm-hmm. And then once you do, you can maybe see the dam sort of break. And then that becomes infectious. It becomes a habit. It becomes something you don't want to miss the feeling of. Um, and, and they will have another opportunity, I think, for a win in that first round game against whoever is the 12 or 11 seed. Um, I think it may be a little bit too much to ask to, to pull off a win against Wisconsin unless maybe Greg Gard just shuts it down because he does have at least a share. Uh, and he's just going <laughs> to rest them for the playoffs, so to speak. Hey, Cole, uh, Jack and I figured out uh, yesterday that there is a re- there is a path of teams that, if things go correctly this weekend, Nebraska ends up as the 13th seed and has a realistic chance to make the uh, turn- Big Ten tournament semifinals. I love I the love Kool-Aid. Jack Mitchell's eternal uh, <laughs> look into the future, checking those brackets and, and looking down at that path of of least resistance. Uh, it is. It is always going to give me, you know, it is always going to lift us up uh, as, as followers of Nebraska basketball. So they've got that game tomorrow. Um, if I recall, Nebraska has beaten Wisconsin on a Sunday as a top 10 team on the last day of the regular season before. And, Caleb, that might actually be their last top 10 win uh, was no-sit Sunday. Ah, take no-sit uh, Sunday to Madison, you cowards. <laughs> yeah, so that's coming up on Sunday. Uh, the women are in action tonight. Maybe tomorrow as well. We'll hit that when we come back uh, in a little bit, too. Uh, they're off to the Big Ten semis. But when we return right after this break, uh, we're going to go to the phones. And Jeff Ekstrom from the Lincoln Journal-Star uh, is going to join us to talk about the Big Ten Wrestling Championships here in Lincoln. Uh, remember, he is also the co-host of Athletes Unfiltered podcast with Adrian Martinez. There have been a couple of those episodes out yet this uh, this last couple weeks uh, since Martinez has uh, moved over to Kansas State. Uh, some interesting stories over there. We'll uh, we'll touch on all that and more with Jeff Ekstrom when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour rolling along here. It is a busy, busy time. For Nebraska sports, uh, literally everything's going on. <laughs> literally, all of yes. it. If you if you throw out a sport out there, it's happening. Well, Cole, we didn't even um, mention last Sunday, Nebraska bowling. Your defending national yeah. champions won the Big Red Invite on the Big Ten Network. On the Big Ten Network, you bet. It was <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. My kids were into that almost more than they are some of the basketball games we've watched, probably because they weren't as competitive. But still, it, it, it was exciting. It, it was fun to see Trev Alberts there, just kind of, you know, just kind of, just kind of checking in from the sidelines there, you know, just just seeing what's going on. Um, yeah, awesome for them to to get a little bit more exposure as of course they are a dominant program uh out there and uh trying to trying to crack that and, and become a, a national champion as well uh is Nebraska wrestling and and they've had a they've got a big opportunity this weekend to finally host the Big Ten Championships. It's the first time they've had that opportunity, uh, and it's there at Pinnacle Bank Arena and downtown right now. Uh, to give us a little bit of sense of what's going on and what we can expect the rest of the weekend is Jeff Ekstrom from the Lincoln Journal Star who's covering wrestling for them. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning. How's it going? Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah, it's going good. Uh, gates, their doors just open, so people are starting to file in. And it's, getting, it's getting juiced up here at BBA. Now, I, uh, you've got the opportunity this weekend for Nebraska wrestling to go against 
a number of top five teams, uh, but things got to get started this morning in the uh, the 10 a.m. And we had we had Mark Manning on last week, and he said that the Nebraska crowd is going to be a big deal for them to get started early and carry that momentum forward. What what have you noticed from from covering this team? What the expectations are as everything gets rolling here in about an hour? Uh, I mean, obviously, their expectations are they want to get as many guys at the NCAA tournament as possible and want to place in that top three. It's going to be really tough, though. I mean, this conference is just loaded. Four out of the top five teams nationally are in the Big Ten, uh, and Nebraska's eight. So that just tells you how good and um, how deep this conference is in wrestling. And, I mean, we're going to use that crowd to their advantage. Obviously, they should bring a lot of Husker fans out, and they're bringing back a lot of alumni, too. So, it's kind of a big reunion of sorts for Husker wrestling, so I think they're going to try to take that advantage, um, try to boost this crowd up a little bit. But, eh, guys, it, it's just a loaded conference. I mean, it's stacked. This is a mini-national tournament. Yeah, Jeff, now the, the Huskers have six wrestlers seated fifth or better, um, and, and some of these guys have faced the competition that they're going to be going up against. Some of them haven't seen all of the top competition at their weight class. Who are the guys that you have your eye on this weekend to watch as a possible Big Ten champion? So I have three guys that I'm specifically watching. I have Eric Schultz as the number one seed at 197. He's been runner-up the past two years at the Big Ten. So in the field, looks pretty good for him to make another run. He hasn't faced the top two, the two seeds behind him. So that's interesting. We'll see how that goes for him. But he's, he's just been really good so far this season. I also have Ridge Lovett. He's the number three seed, 17-2. and two. He's done really well this year and has a chance to go in as a finalist. He barely lost to the number two seed, who will probably face if he makes the semifinals. Um, and then I got Mikey Labriola. I mean, he's part of that big trio at 174. The top three guys, uh, top three seeds at 174 are also the top three guys nationally. And he just beat Iowa uh, Iowa's 174-pounder a couple weeks ago, and he was nationally ranked number two. So you got those three guys who approved to beat those top three guys in the weight class. So I would expect those three to make a really good push um, for to get into the championship match. Also keep an eye out on Chad Red Jr. 141. He's made some runs, but that 141 class is really stacked as well. Man, Labriola, as we talked with uh, Coach Manning last week, that is the Italian fighter name you want to have. Uh, Mikey's a good dude. Uh, Hey, Jeff, um, another one here. Obviously, those are the individuals in in Nebraska who would be, I guess, ranked fourth or fifth out of the, the Big Ten teams. What, what's a realistic team position Nebraska can get to, and is it is it Iowa's to lose? Is it Penn State's to lose? Who who's the favorite that Nebraska's trying to chase here? So I, I expect Nebraska to finish in that four through six area, and if they if everything goes right, maybe third. But again, the top three teams, top uh, yeah, top three teams in the country is Penn State, Iowa, uh, and Michigan. Um, so it's gonna be really tough for them to outlast those three teams. And Penn State's really dangerous. I was actually talking to the radio guy before hopping on, and he mentioned this is the healthiest Penn State has been all year, and they're ranked number one. Uh, so that's dangerous in and out of itself. Uh, I really think it is a two-man race here between Iowa and Penn State. I think Michigan does have a chance, but uh, the past few years it's just been Iowa and Penn State, and I think that's uh, going to continue. Uh, but for Nebraska, look for that four through six area is what I expect for them. 
All right, we're talking with Jeff Ekstrom, Lincoln Journal star, covering Big Ten Wrestling Championships today and tomorrow at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Before we switch away from wrestling, Jeff, I've got to ask, I know it's 921 in the morning, but you haven't gone and checked out the Tall Boys yet, have you? <laughs> I have not, unfortunately. Maybe if a couple of the top season Huskers uh, start dropping these matches, I might have to go grab something. But uh, <laughs> but I, I believe me, there's going to be some people grabbing some Tall Boys here before the first session gets going. As, as it should be, as it is said, uh, that, that's the way that Big Ten Wrestling is going to go today and tomorrow over at PBA. That's pretty, uh, pretty good stuff from Jeff. And, and another hat that you wear, of course, is co-hosting the Athletes Unfiltered podcast with former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez. Uh, and I've had a chance to listen to the two episodes that have dropped for season two since he's become a K-State Wildcat. Uh, can you take us through how you and, and Adrian and when you and Adrian kind of came together to decide to do another season, even though he's at a different school now? Yeah, it was actually quite an interesting story because we were all ready to just do a final episode, just talking about the decision and then just end it from there. And that was, uh, that was probably in mid December, a week or two after the season ended, um, and after he said he decided to transfer. So we were all set to end the show after doing one last episode. And then we have a meeting with her dad, uh, who we do the podcast through in early January. And Adrian comes out swinging and tells us, hey, I'm not done. I'm not ready to be done telling stories. So uh, let's do season two. And I think all of that meeting kind of our ears perked up there once we said that. And so um, it was good. We made the decision. Um, to kind of go in a new direction with the show in terms of away from current athletes and focus more on Husker alumni and hopefully into more national superstars. Um, and that's kind of the direction of the show we want to go with. And we feel like the first two episodes have gone really well. Um, and we're excited for the future and who we have uh, bringing on. Well, I hope some of that future includes Nebraska quarterback and, and presumably QB1, Casey Thompson. I want to hear those guys swap transfer portal stories, stories about getting to Lincoln, we're getting recruited by Scott Frost. I think that is some of the content that, that the people want. So uh, hopefully that is in you guys' plans. Oh, we got plenty of big plans, Cole. So yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. Uh, Jeff, I've got to ask, because you guys do have a couple episodes out, um, and everyone has seen the sound bites, or at least the quotes go out there, with uh, Adrian talking about the injuries, how specifically his the news about his jaw got out there, talking about NIL, um, how much that went into his decision to transfer, talking about the transfer portal, and the number of calls he took, how it's a different experience for him now than, obviously, coming out of high school. What has stood out to you the most through these first two episodes that, that everyone's got to hear? Uh, because it's been just fascinating stuff uh, to hear you and Adrian talk about so far. Yeah, I, I think it's the broken jaw and that's the one that's got that many headlines um and just what he had to go through especially with the screws how they just uh drew some of the lidocaine and just screwed that into his jaw and i mean man i don't know i wouldn't be able to do that so that kind of amazed me just sitting there as he told me that um so that really is the one story that really i've enjoyed uh listening to and other people um being able to listen to as well. So that really uh, perks my ears when you said that, too, because that's, that's absurd what he had to go through that broken jaw. Yeah, folks don't know uh, all the stuff that goes in during the season, and those those stories seem to trickle out afterwards, after the fact. And, yeah, I, I agree. It was it was pretty interesting and, and pretty neat to be able to hear him tell it 
you know, straight, straight from his mouth, uh, the, the experience and, and kind of the, you know, how everything went down. Uh, so, so great stuff. We, we are definitely looking forward to hearing more of those episodes of uh, the Athletes Unfiltered podcast uh, with you, Jeff, and with Adrian out down at K-State. Uh, and also seeing your coverage in the Journal Star and on Twitter uh, from the Big Ten Wrestling Championships uh, all weekend long. Jeff Ekstrom, thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, good luck downtown at PBA. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Always enjoy hopping on. You bet. We uh, we always enjoy having another uh, Central Nebraska-born guy right here yeah. on the KLI and Husker Hour. Didn't grow up there, only there until like first grade. You guys have more claim to that, but I was still born there. I can still claim, I can still claim some credit. Uh, so let's uh, head out to uh, another break. Uh, we buried the lead long enough. We're going to get to the women's hoops team right when we come back. They did it again last night. They had a rough second quarter, but they had a shining star of a fourth quarter. Uh, and Sam Hybe led Nebraska to a victory late against Michigan last night. Uh, we'll run their chances down here in the Big Ten semis against Iowa. Plus, we've still got spring football and baseball to go. Uh, and throws coach Justin St. Clair, Nebraska throwers coach, uh, coming up as well. A lot to come here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Stay with us. Administration. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Our thanks to Jeff Ekstrom, who just joined us in our last segment. Uh, if you missed that conversation about the Big Ten Wrestling Championships, as well as his role with Adrian Martinez on the Athletes Unfiltered podcast uh, and what's to come with that, you can head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can also head over to the Facebook page later or now uh, at KLIN Huskers. We are up and running with the Facebook Live, courtesy of Kenny Larrabee, uh, working all that out in the studio there for us. Uh, and Caleb, right now, uh, we can't hold off any longer. That was. <laughs> Quite the finish last night to a Nebraska win. Another top 10 victory for the Lady Huskers. Amy Williams is doing a hell of a job uh, as coaching this crew, and they are in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. They're heading against Caitlin Clark and Iowa tonight. Uh, tough second quarter for them, uh, but they managed to, to put it back <laughs> together and, and stick with it, and they had a, a six-point deficit in the fourth quarter they had to overcome. Um, and, and Sam Hybe just kind of took over from there and, and won to give them the lead and Allison Widener a couple free throws late, uh, with about five seconds left. Uh, I, I didn't watch it start to finish. I know you did. Uh, what were your thoughts and, and what do we expect from them, uh, tonight against Iowa? Well, man, you had the first quarter going and you thought Nebraska was just going to run away with it again. Um, the same way that they did early in January. That obviously didn't happen when Michigan really turned up the pressure, turned up the physicality, and I think that got to Nebraska um, a little bit over that second quarter where Nebraska only scored six points. Um, go into halftime down four because uh, Michigan hit a three right at the buzzer. Um, then they come out in the third quarter, really take control again. And you think, okay, here we go. Now that now that they've made the adjustments, things are going to be fine. And then it's a giant run to start the, the fourth quarter for Michigan, and you're like, oh, no. They're out of gas because they, they had to deal with the physicality and they put too much into the third quarter. And then it's back and forth. It's tied at 71 with two minutes to go. And you're thinking, okay, you've got, you've got a chance here. You just have to stop Michigan a couple of times. And right away, what happens? Michigan gets a layup. And like 15 wow. seconds later, Sam Hybe says, no, 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 no. I got this. She gets the and one. Nebraska goes up by one. Um, somehow, somehow, Michigan doesn't even get a shot on their next possession, Cole. Like, you, you think about, what you don't want to foul because it's going to put them at the line for two, and you're only up by one. And Michigan, they get it into their post, 
And Alexis Markowski, super smart, brings the double across and doesn't try to rip the ball away. Just goes, puts her hands on the ball, and is like, yep, let's go get a tie-up. You got the jump ball, inbounds underneath. When they inbound it, it gets tipped right to Alexis Markowski. She's like, well, I got, <laughs> I got it. I did a tie-up, and now I got a steal. Um, they had to foul, and guess what? With like a minute to go in the game, they were still not in the bonus. That's mm-hmm. the other thing about last night. The, the fouls were very... Not not just disproportionate in one team versus the other. It was it was very un- inconsistent in how it was called. At t- like Izzy Bourne pl- only played eighteen minutes last night. That's one of your starters that you need to be playing about thirty plus. And she only plays eighteen minutes because she was in foul trouble. There were some very physical plays inside with no calls, and then she taps somebody, and it's all of a sudden a foul. There, there was a lot of that inconsistency throughout the game, not just on Izzy, um, but you get to the end, Allison Widener gets the ball, she makes both free throws, Michigan calls timeout, they have four seconds, Cole. Four seconds. And you would think, with four, 4.4 seconds to go and you're inbounding in your own front court, that you can get a better shot up than inbound it and chuck up a 30, 35-footer. <laughs> Um, but that's what Michigan did. Airball it. Nebraska just has to inbound, and there's only point one second left, so you couldn't you couldn't technically even get a shot up. Um, they could have just thrown it to a Michigan player anyway. Um, but Nebraska gets the win. That's the third top ten win of the season for the Huskers. Two now over Michigan. The other one was against Indiana. Um, both of those previous wins were at home, so this is the first one that you get not with that home crowd. It was on a neutral court. This is a big big deal. Um, mm. I haven't looked at ESPN Bracketology or seen if they've even updated it today, but Nebraska has been consistently in that 6-8 to eight range. Yesterday, even before that win, ESPN Bracketologist folks were picking Nebraska to win the conference as yeah. the automatic qualifier. So now you turn your attention to tonight. It is round three. With Iowa, you lost twice uh, in uh, back-to-back Sundays. And Caitlin Clark went off. Like the first game, Iowa absolutely could not miss. The the second time around, you were at their place, and that was already going to be hard to overcome. Um, and let, let's face it, when when you're looking at the teams that are really hot in the Big Ten right now, Iowa and Nebraska might be the two hottest teams in the conference. And, and they're they're meeting in the semifinal right now. Um, but it, you really would have. Playing for a final would have been a lot more fun between these two teams. But when the bracket (laughs) came out, we were saying even before the bracket um, had been revealed, man, I hope Nebraska gets Iowa. Get Iowa in a semifinal. Get them on that side of the bracket. Um, And that's what you have coming about tonight. And and Iowa's been playing really well. And Realistically, anytime you put Caitlin Clark on the floor, Iowa has a chance to win a basketball game. And it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It could be South Carolina. They could be... Maryland, it could be Wayne State. It doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who Iowa's playing. If they have Caitlin Clark on the floor, they have a chance to win the ballgame. Um and they've got yeah. some very good shooters who've gone off against Nebraska. What Nebraska needs to do tonight, Caitlin Clark's gonna get hers. Caitlin Clark is not what has beat Nebraska this year. It is when Clark is able to get everyone else involved and they get comfortable making a bunch of shots. Caitlin Clark's probably going to get a triple-double tonight. But what matters is limiting everyone else. Maybe a little bit of the LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Just let them. They're going to get theirs. Mm-hmm. Try to slow them down as much as you can. But don't let anyone else on the team become a complimentary player and go off as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as far as the, the game last night, three, three observations I had real quick. Number one, the second quarter was not good for Nebraska. They endured a 22 to four run that Michigan went on. They only scored six points. They had zero free throw attempts in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And if you look in the third quarter, Nebraska shot 14 free throws <laughs> in the third quarter alone. Huge adjustment. They made 11 of those 14. Um, really set them on a course to be competitive in the fourth quarter. That was one. Number two, Alexis Markowski was shut down by Michigan. Mm-hmm. She was 0 for 3 from the floor. She scored four points all on free throws. She did get nine rebounds, three steals, two assists. Uh, the, the, but, but the fact that she couldn't score just shows the versatility that Nebraska could still go other places and still win the game. And third, they went to what was working late, and they didn't change until it was stopped, and it wasn't stopped ultimately. Sam Hybe was getting to the rim. And they kept going back to it over and over mm-hmm. until Michigan could stop it. And they ultimately could not. And that was what won the game for Nebraska. If you have something that's working, you just go to it. And it wasn't just Hybe just dribbling on her own ISO. It was, I think there were three different assists, three different players who passed assists to Markowski her. I know Markowski got a, had yeah, one. Yeah, Markowski had the really good one from the outside. And everyone's like, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. Is she out here as Jokic? <laughs> Until she does the like over the top of some dude's or some some girl's yeah. head, uh, she she can't quite she's, get that. She's but, working she's up there. to it. Okay, she's only get. a freshman. Yeah, she's only a fresh. She's got plenty of time to work up to you. Oh, yeah. exactly. A year ago, Alexis Markowski and Allison yeah. Widener were in Lincoln for the yep. girls' state basketball tournament. They were they were in the middle of that, and now they're in the Big Ten tournament playing giant roles. Uh, Markowski obviously goes off for 22 in game one. Widener comes up huge in game two. Not to say that Markowski didn't. She grabbed a game high nine rebounds as well. But you have these two homegrown, true freshmen coming up big for your team. That's one of the lovable things about this team is that you have the name recognition, the face recognition. You've known a lot of these players before they even got to Nebraska. Um, and not to pin this as a men's team versus women's team thing, but that's one of the hard things when, when you look at where Nebraska men's basketball is, is they don't have that same identity to be able to go, oh, we watched this young person play at the state tournament here in Nebraska, and now they're doing great things for your team. We have that with two of the starters for Nebraska right here. Yeah, that that's a discussion for another day. I had a, <laughs> a conversation with a coworker about Nebraska basketball on the men's side and not getting a Nebraska high school athlete to that squad and, and making an impact. It has been a while, uh, to say the least, but that again, a conversation for another time. You mean like uh, Chucky are in action? You What's mean that? like you mean like Chucky Hepburn who hits a game winner to give Wisconsin their uh, at least a share of the conference championship and Nebraska will play against them tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, you know Chucky Hepburn, Hunter Salas, uh, <laughs> and Isaac Trout just of recent vintage, but there's even more examples of it uh, if you go a little bit further back. You got to go to my time in college yes. uh, to see a, a Nebraska athlete again. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that sometime later. Right now we got to hit a break because we have Nebraska throws coach Justin St. Clair coming up. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a step back in that next segment. I know <laughs> this is more of Caleb's baby as a, a former Division One throw athlete himself. Uh, we've got him coming up to talk about uh, the championships that they're going to be participating in soon, as well as the big news uh, on a, uh, a Nebraska athlete here. There it is again, another female Nebraska state athlete who's going to be making a big impact. Uh, for Nebraska on the college level. Uh, that's coming up. And a little bit of Husker football, spring football that we got to mix in as well before the end of the show. It's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Coming to America. 
giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. We'll be with uh, Justin St. Clair, the Nebraska Throws coach here shortly, but until then, uh, let's hit baseball real quick as uh, Nebraska is in action down in the state of Texas. Again, uh, this is the third straight weekend that they've been down there, and they had a doubleheader yesterday. Uh, won the first game. It was a 2 nothing game. Griffin Everett with a two-run home run was uh, the only offense for the Huskers, and Cody Frank had a really, really nice day um, as, uh, as he was able to uh, get the start in game one. Kyle Perry, who's going to be the Friday night starter for the Huskers long-term this season, uh, he started game two. Uh, but Cody Frank, if, uh, if you look at his numbers, Caleb, six and two-thirds innings, Five hits, didn't give up a run, obviously, with the shutout. Uh, and then uh, 10 strikeouts uh, in those six and two-thirds. Uh, Emmett Olsen came in to finish off the seventh and then finished off the game as well with three strikeouts uh, and only faced the minimum seven batters over his two and a third. Really nice for Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Caleb Henry and Cole Stukenholtz with you into our final segment. And yes, for the second week in a row, this is the part of the show where we hit the and beyond. Happens really <laughs> nice when that rejoiner hits for us there. Last week, we talked wrestling ahead of their Big Ten championships. This week, we are past the Big Ten championships for track and field, but they do have nationals coming up. And we've got associate head coach working with the throwers, Justin St. Clair. Coach, thanks so much for your time this morning on the Husker Hour. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So last week went... I'd say fairly well for for your throwers. You had a number of medalists. You end up with the uh, the male field athlete uh, of the meet. You've got your qualifiers going into next week, um, and this is your your in your start here at Nebraska after a very successful um, career previously. What has been your impressions of getting to Lincoln and working with this group of throwers? It's been tremendous. It's it's um it's always great to be around individuals that you know have that same passion and motivation to be great and excel not only in the classroom but also on well in my case in the throwing ring. Uh, it's been tremendous. It's been nothing but greatness. So you you've got your throwers qualified for the national championships, and you have several of them. Um, so who, who do you who are you expecting as you look at these folks? We've talked about Berger Lambricks on here a number of times before. Um, obviously, you've got some other folks, Alex Talley, that did really really well. What 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 are your expectations between you have Big Tens, and then you've got the couple weeks between, and now you're going into nationals. Yeah, I think you know the goal is to. Uh go to the national meet and you know i think it's really important to go into the meet with very little pressure or expectation on yourself but actually just go out and see if you can put on a great show and entertain everybody and i think when you do it that way you're very relaxed in the competition and i i truly believe that we have a handful of athletes that can contend for national championships in in all of the events and that's kind of my hope now, obviously, those are high hopes, but I think we are very capable of doing that, whether if that's Berger or Alex or Aklina, um, I think they all have that horsepower and ability to, to do so. One of my favorite parts about the sport of track and field, obviously, when, when you've got the running events, everyone's going at the same time, but specifically the field events and the throws, you see 
athletes, even for other teams, when they see a big throw, they they know that that's a big deal, and you kind of see everyone support each other through there. Um, and and I saw that earlier this uh, this semester when Kaylin Meyer made her debut. Um, I was there watching my sister throw for Wyoming, and to watch Kaylin go and improve so much from her first throw all the way through her final throw. What what is how has that been for you getting to work with that with that kind of an athlete who has spent the last few years on the volleyball team? It's it's pretty special, to be honest. Kaylin, obviously, is a very talented young lady, whether it's volleyball, track and field, um, or even schooling. She's, you know, above and beyond. And I think with a young gal like her, with time, it's it's just going to continue to grow and become better and better. And uh, now that she is full-time track and field, uh, I think we, over time, are going to see some real great things. Yeah, that was one of the the bigger news, as as you've probably learned or knew already that volleyball very big deal across our state. So um, for her yeah. to switch from volleyball full time track and field, um, and from someone who coached against her in high school, it's been uh, she's been one of those athletes that you keep your eye on. Um, and and the goal there is is twenty twenty four Paris, and you've worked with a number of very very good athletes. How how big is that goal? How do you how do you break down that for somebody into achievable chunks into now you got to get to here before you can get to that next step. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest piece of the puzzle, right? Knowing, Hey, you have the full potential to do such. Now, how do we put that puzzle together? How do we approach it? And which angles do we take without really talking too much about, you know, Hey, let's make the Olympic team because I think in my opinion, thinking about that puts a lot of pressure on somebody. And it's really important to just kind of enjoy the process. And I think in her situation, as long as we steady the course and, you know, meet every milestone throughout that process, you know, anything's very capable of, you know, doing that and making the team and things like that. That is Nebraska associate head coach for the track and field team, works with the the throwers, which are near and dear to my heart, as everyone knows. Coach, thanks so much for your time this morning. Best of luck at Indoor Nationals. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, nicely done, Caleb. Uh, couldn't have done it better myself, literally. Uh, thank you, Justin St. Clair, for uh, joining us on that. Uh, good stuff uh, talking Kaylin Meyer. Uh, big big deal in Nebraska State uh, track and field, and, and she's going to be uh, targeting Paris, targeting those Olympics for sure. And uh, before we get out of here, Caleb, uh, I, we haven't talked football yet. I know we both were there Monday uh, to talk to the coaches, mm-hmm. uh, what was what was uh, one of the biggest takeaways that you got from from hearing from the players, Scott Frost, the coordinators? Uh, what was your biggest takeaway? Well, when when you hear from several of the players, and you think hearing from Ramiro Johnson, the way that they've made changes in that room, you've got Applewhite, and if you guys haven't watched some of the videos that the creative team puts out for Nebraska football, you will get pumped up when you hear yep. a mic'd up Brian Applewhite. Um, <laughs> so so just to see the changes in that room and the way they're approaching things, and Mark Whipple. Offensive coordinator, just listening to him talk about how he's adjusting his terminology and in bringing what's been successful for him to here at Nebraska, and they're not going to overhaul anything. You might see more two tight end sets than than you saw previously, but just listening to the mindset and in how positive everyone is going into the spring after having that losing year 
after having multiple losing years. There's there's such an air of positivity coming out of this program that I know it's Kool-Aid season. I know it's spring football, but you got to have a time to get better, and that's what we're seeing from these guys right here. I'm, I'm really energized to to see these guys more throughout the spring. Um, it's really exciting to see what, what Whipple's going to do with this offense. Yeah, big big takeaway for me. I was listening to some of the other assistants, uh, Donovan Raiola, talking a little about the center position. When you juxtapose that with the fact that Cam Jurgens uh, is running a, a sub five forty at the combine this weekend, uh, and talking about some of the guys who practice in that first practice on Monday morning about that center position, that is the the place to watch for me uh, and the line as a whole as well. Uh, and and Dominic Raiola was there at practice on Monday, and then Donovan said he'll be there uh, a few other times throughout this uh, this spring. So that's pretty cool too. Uh, plenty more content from from spring this coming week as some more players and coaches will be available. Um, one last thing before we go, uh, Dylan Talley, Husker basketball player, who's a captain on the 2013 team, um, actually passed away yesterday. Doc Sadler and, and uh, Lance Jeter both uh, were, were confirming that on Twitter yesterday. So rest in peace, Dylan Talley. Uh, really awful news uh, from a guy who. Uh, really endured a lot uh, to, to get to where he was in basketball. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for joining. Uh, we'll uh, be back next week with another edition of the KLI and Husker Hour. Go get your shot and go Big Red.